0: You're listening to Antioch Center for the Nations. For more information, please visit www.antiochchurch.sg The title of this message is Getting From Here to There. Turn to the person next to you and say, I may be here now, I may be here now, but God wants me over there from here to there is a transition (laughs) now what comes to your mind when you hear the word change what's the first thing that you think about Nicole is shaking her head so we know what's the opinion about change right I find that the word change is one of the most divisive words that you could possibly have in the English language. It has the ability to split crowds into two different groups of opinion. I spent some time working in the government, and I find that the moment management would make an announcement of any kind of change, be it a reorg or restructure, or new work processes, or new security restrictions, the staff room would instantly be divided up. Right. Some people will look at the change and they will see its benefits and they will welcome it. That would actually be very few of the people because people don't take a government job because of the excitement. <laughs> Other people would hear the change and they would hate it and they would complain about it over lunch because that's what office workers do. Some will even try to push back against the change. The word change is one of the most divisive words that you can have and people have many different opinions about change. Some of you are more optimistic and you hear the word change and that excites you. You think it's awesome, you think it's a fresh start, it's a new beginning and that excites you. Others, you are more of a pessimist. And when you hear the word change, you think to yourself, this is terrible. Oh no, this is going to be uncomfortable, I don't like this. which one are you and how do you respond when change is announced now truth be told I'm not a person that likes change very much I like predictability and routine you can ask my wife Anne, and she will verify that fact for you that I do not like change that is why I took a government job in the first place I'm not a person that is excited about change but after all my years in Christ I have come to develop a respect or an appreciation for change because I understand that it has value and it is necessary in the will of God. That change is part and built into the will of God for our lives. For me to step into full-time ministry to do what I am doing today requires me to embrace change. For Anne to start a cafe requires her to embrace change all that we do together as a couple trying to worship God with our lives requires us to change from time to time when it's time for a transition. Now obviously I am not alone in this we all go through transitions in our life. Maybe it's a new kind of skill that we need to pick up. Or maybe we have a new job that we need to do. Maybe it's missions in a new country. Or maybe it's starting a new ministry, meeting some kind of need that only you see. Maybe it's accepting some kind of new responsibility in your life. Maybe it's trying to pursue a new relationship with people. Some of you might be going through a transition. Or you are going to go through a transition soon. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And so the question for us then becomes, how do you deal with it? We have to change. Transition is going to come. How do you deal with it? And does God's word provide us any kind of insight so that we can deal with transitions biblically according to His plan and His purpose? But what we're going to do today is that we're going to go through a passage in the book of John. It's a very familiar passage. You all probably know it very well and you've read it many times. It's about Jesus and His disciples and they need to get from one place to another place and so they are literally in transition and of course while they are in transition an interesting event unfolds otherwise God would not have put it in our Bibles and I believe that this passage can help us shed a little light give us a little bit of insight into how we face transitions in our lives And so as we go through this message, we're looking at five insights from the Word of God about making transitions. We're going to read the entire account, and then we're going to break it down. It starts in John chapter 6, verse 16. Verse 16 says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had yet to come to them. Then a high wind arose, and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him on board. And at once, the boat was at the shore where they were headed. That's the passage that we're going to look at today. And then we're going to rewind all the way back to the top with verse 16, which says, When evening came. Right. Verse 16 starts off the account by telling us that evening had come. Which means the day was over and so we need to think about what was Jesus and the disciples doing during the day. Now if you read the preceding verses of chapter 6, you would know what Jesus and his disciples have been up to. Right? They were feeding and ministering to a crowd of over 5,000 people the whole day. That by all accounts is a good day, right? It's a good day if you can hold the service, 5,000 over people come, God does an amazing miracle, feeds all of them with surplus to spare, right? That would be a good day. No matter how you look at it, that is a good successful day. It's a day that all ministers wish would happen. But then there are two extremely consequential words that are mentioned in verse 16. It says, evening came, evening came, which means tomorrow is a new day. Embedded in these two words are a principle that we must remember. Success of today does not guarantee success of tomorrow. Tomorrow brings with it its own activities. It brings with it its own directions its own challenges, its own beginnings. And the thing is, for Jesus and His disciples, tomorrow does not lie where they are right now. Tomorrow lies across the Sea of Galilee in Capernaum. And for them to be ready for tomorrow, they need to transition today. Some of you have been asking God the question, God, why is there so much change in my life? Why things seem so turbulent right now and today God is telling you that there is a transition today so that he can position you for success tomorrow because transitions we find are necessary transitions are necessary if we want to progress onward in Christ Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven because our lives are marked by God according to seasons and times where He does different activities in our lives. And we move from one season to the next over a period of time which is called a transition. A transition is when we move from one season to the next, when we leave the past and we go towards the future, when we leave the old way and we head in a new way. So you might be at that point right now. You might be facing a transition. You might be feeling excited. Or maybe you're apprehensive, aka cautiously optimistic. Some of you are dreading it. But regardless of how you feel about it, you need to know that transitions are a necessary part of your journey in Christ. Because if you're not transiting, it means you are stagnating. And only dead things stand still. A statue stands still. A mannequin stands still. A rock stands still. Living things keep moving. And Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it wants to. So it is with anyone born of Spirit. What would happen if Jesus or one of Jesus' disciples decided not to transit? You know, maybe Thomas. And he came to Jesus and he says, Hey Jesus, why do we need to go across the Capernaum? This is a pretty good place it's pretty comfortable we have 5000 people here we can go ahead and start a mega church could build a new building have a new stage have a smoke machine on the stage and a big fountain out front right we could be huge we could be famous what would jesus respond in that case i think jesus would say okay you can go ahead and you do that the rest of us we're going to do the father's will across the sea So, good luck to you. I have nothing against megachurches. If God wanted a megachurch, I'm sure Jesus would have built a megachurch. But that's just not what God wanted to do. And so they had to transition. Transitions are how God gets you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. He says, one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, all who are mature should think this way. So you might be at a comfortable place right now. You might be secure. You might be stable. You can be prospered where you are. And we should thank God for that. Thank God for those seasons. But remember not to get too comfortable. Because soon, evening is coming, and the next day is dawning, and you need to transition. A willingness to embrace transitions, the Bible tells us, is a sign of spiritual maturity. Because the maturing Christ know that they are not yet complete. That there are new things that they need to do, new relationships that they need to form, new skills and experiences that need to gain, new lessons that need to be learned. And all these are the necessary pieces that God has put in place for us to be shaped and molded into who He has purposed us to be. All during the transition. Transitions are necessary. And embracing transitions in our lives is a good thing to do because God has purposed them for us. John chapter 6 continues. Verse 16, or second half of verse 16, says his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Second thing I need to tell you is that transitions involves risk. The disciples, they had a goal. Get to Capernaum. To get to their goal, they needed to take a risk. Get into a boat, sail across the Sea of Galilee. I don't know about you, but every time I get into a boat, Especially if it's a small boat like a Sampan. It is a risk. It is a risk. I do not have a phobia of the sea. My father likes fishing. He brought us to the sea very often. But I have been capsized on a small boat in jellyfish-infested water before. To cut a very long story short, a group of us went island exploring in Malaysia. We had just finished exploring an island and so we were going to take the landing boat, which was a small little sampan, back to the main boat, which was waiting for us out at sea. But unfortunately, we overloaded that boat. And it was already a very leaky boat. And so we sunk about halfway. And it was all pretty funny. Everything was very... uh, It was like a joke to us. Until the moment someone let out a blood curling scream of pain because they got stung by a jellyfish. And then it just feels like you are in Jaws. The only difference is that you don't have the music to warn you that something bad is happening. And so as long as my feet is not on solid ground, it is a risk. The Bible tells us to stand on solid ground. And I say, Amen. Praise God. Stand on solid ground. The disciples had a goal. Get to Capernaum. Get to their goal, they needed to take a risk. There's something else you need to know Jesus probably told them to take that risk. They did not decide to go to Capernaum by themselves. Jesus instructed them to get into the boat and sail across. He told them to take the risk. The point is, transitions involves risk. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8 says, When you dig a well, you might fall in. When you demolish an old wall, you might be bitten by a snake. Some of you probably didn't realize that this was in your Bible. Now you do, and so you're welcome. (laughs) To make any kind of change requires you to take a certain amount of risk. It means stepping out of your comfort zone. It means doing what you're not used to doing. Putting aside your normal way of life and stepping into an unknown space, doing something that you're not so familiar with. Taking a risk. Because God may have given you a goal. He may have given you a vision for your life it could be a new career path it could be to run a business it could be to stand before thousands of people and preach the gospel it could be as simple as getting married having a becoming a good husband or wife and then raising a godly family whatever it may be whatever god's vision for you is he has given you something that you need to head towards but for you to get from here to there requires Transition, sometimes multiple transitions, and every transition that you're going to have to take is going to be a risk. You might get rejected at the job interview, your business venture might fail, you try to pursue a relationship but you end up heartbroken and rejected. Things might not go the way that you expect them to, and they certainly did not for the disciples. They thought they would just sail across the sea. They didn't know there was a storm waiting for them in the middle of the sea. To stay safe is to stay on the seashore. But that also means that you are getting left behind. And you will never be where you were meant to be. If you want to get to the other side, you need to take a risk. And God has called you to get from here today. He has called you to set out to see he has called you to take a risk and he's calling you to take the risk not because he wants to harm you but because he loves you and he wants to give you a future and a hope we are all here today because someone was willing to take a risk interesting Stephen took a risk by leaving the success of Mexico and India to come to Asia. Antioch was started because people came together and took a risk to the tune of thousands of dollars. Many of the youths are here today because Anne decided to take a risk to obey God's call in ministry. right? Without Anne taking a risk there would be no Nicole. If Nicole is not here there would be no Jonas, there would be no Lynette, there would be no Han, there would be no Sam. All these would be empty seats. Nicole herself took a risk by opening her mouth and sharing the gospel with them, taking a risk that they might reject her. I say all this to make a point that what we will be and who we will impact in our future all depends on the risk that we're willing to take today. And that's a sobering reminder. The fact that somebody else's spiritual future Somebody else's eternal destiny may depend on the risk that you are willing or not willing to take. (coughs) Transitions are going to involve risk. But without transitions and risk, there is no reward. The story continues in John chapter 6, verse 17. It says darkness had already set in, but Jesus had yet to come to them. Then a high wind arose, and the sea began to churn. This is not a pleasant point, but transitions are difficult. Transitions can be difficult. How many of you have been stuck at sea in a storm before? By a right, show of hands, how many of you have gone through something like that? Right, a couple of hands, how was that experience to you? Not the most pleasant of experiences now I'm still pretty young uh, I'm only 32 this year and so there's many things that I have yet to experience in my life but getting stuck at sea in a thunderstorm is unfortunately one of the experiences that I do have you're probably thinking to yourself what is wrong with this person and boats <laughs> you don't seem to agree to very well and that is true I know sometimes I think that God has gave me those experiences, just so I could have sermon illustrations. (laughs) But, as part of my university scholarship program, they decided that it was a good idea to send the scholars to an OBS course before the university term would start. And honestly, I have no idea what the scholarship office was thinking, because I studied hard, became a nerd, so I could avoid things like this. But somehow they thought that it would be very enjoyable to have a bunch of nerds go together on an OBS course. Anyway, the OBS course was a special course. It's not the usual high elements. This one involves three days out at sea on a sailboat. Yes, it's a sailboat. Three days out at sea on a sailboat. If you think that sounds rough, it's because it is rough. And so there are about 15 of us in each boat. And so it's probably much much bigger than the boat that the disciples were on. And we set out to sea, spent three days out in the ocean. On day two, a thunderstorm hit us. And the thunderstorm came very suddenly. And when you have that experience, that's the first thing you learn about being on a sailboat in a thunderstorm. The first thing that you want to do is bring the sails down. Because we did not bring the sails down and the wind caught hold of the sails and it started to spin the boat round and round and round and round like we were a toy that's not the worst of it, we eventually did manage to bring the sail down and we came to a relatively calm stop but there were further problems because the storm was so heavy the visibility was next to zero and so that's scary when you're out in the open ocean And you can hear the horn of big cargo ships in a nearby distance. But you cannot see where they are. (laughs) All you see is just white. And you have no idea if one of them is going to come ram, ram into your boat and completely destroy you or crush you. And it's not like we could do anything about it either because we can't bring our sails up. If we bring our sails up, we just go around. So we were in a bad situation, right? We were cold, we were wet, we were afraid. The only thing that we could do was just drop anchor, wait for the storm to pass, and pray that nothing would happen. And that was not a fun time. Transitions are like that. Transitions can be difficult. Not all transitions are as difficult as some others. Some are easier to make. But I find that transitions can be really difficult confusing and painful time to be in and if you've been into a transition like that you know exactly what I'm talking about it can be so difficult that organizations and companies hire specialized people with skills in change management so that they can make transitions more, less painful but you don't need a change management expert for your life you have the Holy Spirit and you have the Word of God And so, what I'm going to do for you is, I'm going to itemize four difficulties that you can expect as you face a transition in your life. The first one is lack of clarity. The verse says that darkness had already set in, meaning that it was nighttime. And during that day's light bulb had not yet been invented, there was no light pollution. So, when it got dark, it got really dark. As in, I can see the stars dark. You just can't see. Transitions are going to be times like that. They can be confusing times where you don't have clarity. And when you end up asking yourself the question, is this right? Is what I'm doing the right thing? Is this the will of God for my life? If this is the will of God for my life, why am I facing a storm right now? We can expect a lack of clarity when we are in transition. And the best thing I find that we should do is just stay a course. Stephen always has a saying. He always says, in absence of clear direction, change nothing. And those are good words to live by. That unless God tells you no, or He redirects you, just keep heading in the direction that God has told you to set out in. Stick to the vision. If the vision is to get to Capernaum, keep heading in that direction. Keep heading to Capernaum. Change nothing. The second difficulty that you face is noise. The verse tells us that a high wind arose. Not only can wind itself be pretty noisy, but a storm capable of generating such high winds is going to be extremely noisy. Think of a hurricane, where there is thunder and uh, rainfall splashes and the wind that howls. Transitions are exactly the same way. Transitions are going to be noisy times. Because you have an inner voice in your head and you have an inner monologue with yourself telling you, (coughs) filling you with self-doubt, filling you with unbelief. Then you have the devil who is also at the same time trying to tempt you. And to add on to that, you also have noise from different people with different opinions telling you what you should or should not be doing. And they will tell you things like, you should actually do something useful with your life. Oh, this is too dangerous, this is not God's will for you, this is going to end in failure and so you should do something else instead and they're going to offer you their opinions. It's going to get noisy. Everyone has an opinion and everyone thinks that they are right and you should listen to them. Especially in the Chinese New Year gathering. Now granted, sometimes these people actually say something that is wise and we should pay attention to that, But most of the time I find that it is noise, especially people who do not share a heavenly perspective, who do not see the same things that you do, who do not know the Holy Spirit like you know Him. In times of transition, there can be much noise. And the truth is that there is only one voice that you need to listen to. You need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm sure when the storm hit, maybe some disciples said, it's time to turn back. The storm is too much. We should turn back and go back to the shore where it's safe. Then they would have argued among themselves. And some of the disciples would have said, no. Jesus told us to get to Capernaum. His voice said, get to Capernaum. And so we need to get to Capernaum and we need to press on. What is the last thing God told you to do? What was the last thing God instructed you to do? Do that. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Remember what God has told you to do. The third difficulty that we face, transitions times of instability. It says the sea began to churn, meaning the boat started rocking, disciples started sliding about. And I know how that feels, because you feel powerless and you feel helpless. And transitions can be times of great instability which can come across in many different ways. It might come across as a relational conflict as people start to fail you. It might come across as differences of opinion with the people that you are actually supposed to work with. It might be facing a lack of provision to accomplish the goals that God has told you. It might be to grow tired fighting the obstacles that you do not really want to fight. It might be dealing with the stress of not knowing what is going to happen next, the uncertainty. Transitions are going to be unstable times. And the truth that I hold on to in those moments is this, Psalm 62, verse 6, which says, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. That God provides us an avenue where in times of great instability we can run to Him, and we can find shelter in his presence and where we can be kept safe. And Even though the waves may rage on around us and it might be unstable all around us, yet we are safe in his presence because he is our rock and our refuge and our fortress. The fourth difficulty is the silence of God. And I kept this one for last because this can be most shocking it says that jesus had yet to come to them it kind of makes you wonder what was the whole plan in the first place what were they planning right were they supposed to head out to sea first and then jesus would come and meet them on a smaller boat i'm sure jesus did not reveal to them that he's going water skiing without skis so what was the plan what was the arrangement i have absolutely no idea but that anyway, the fact is Jesus was not in the boat with them. Which is very interesting because some Bible scholars believe that Jesus calmed the storm before he did this miracle of walking on the water. You all know the story of Jesus calming the storm. And so I think it would have been pretty awkward when Peter told the disciples, okay, storm is coming, don't panic. This is not the first time we've been in the storm. We know exactly what to do. Somebody's going to wake Jesus up. And then they find out Jesus is not in the boat. He is on the shore. And they can't ask him to calm the storm this time. Transitions are sometimes the times that God chooses to remain silent. When you pray to God and you say, God, show me what to do. God, reveal your mighty hand to me. God, why don't you come and help me in this crisis that I'm facing, this change that I need to make. And God remains silent and He says, absolutely nothing. And you feel like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. What you need to know is that if God is silent, He is choosing to remain silent. That our God is a God of intentionality. That if He does something, it's because he wants something done. But if he does nothing, it's because he does nothing on purpose. Sometimes God chooses to remain silent. Not because he has abandoned you. Or that he does not care about you. But there is a saying that goes that the teacher is never silent except during an exam. It's sometimes the silence of God really is the testing of God. It's a time where God sees how well you have been prepared for such moments so that you can gauge your own spiritual growth. How else would you know your own spiritual state? How else would you know your own spiritual maturity or the amount of faith that you have? The testing of God is to awaken you to the reality of yourself and to correct the ideology that you have of yourself. Because you have an impression or an idea about who you are, but it's not true unless it's proven by testing. And God, in His love and mercy, to keep you from deceiving yourself, causes periods of testing so that you can see who you really are. And once you see who you really are, then He can work with you and change you. Because the silence will not last forever. At the right time, God will speak. John chapter 6, verse 19 proves that. It says, After they had rolled about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Jesus reveals himself to us in our transitions. We read the passage and we see that Jesus came to his disciples walking on the water. Now before you judge the disciples and you say lousy disciples, they can't even identify Jesus when he is coming to them. You need to first understand the situation that they are in. Right? It is dark. It is raining. Visibility is poor. They are tired and disoriented from being tossed around by the waves. And if you were in their shoes, And you saw a shadowy figure walking on the waves coming to your boat I guarantee you your first thought is not it's the movement of my Savior and Lord your first thought is it's a ghost I am dead that is the first thought that we think and that is what happened to the disciples and that's what happens to us because the truth is we have trouble figuring out the hand of God in our transitions Just like the disciples had trouble figuring out Jesus from the mess of the storm the disciples thought they were alone and they had to figure this one out for themselves yet the truth is Jesus was coming to them just like he always comes to us in our time of need Jesus reveals himself in our transition what's the whole point of all this what's the whole point of the boat the storm The struggle. The whole point was so that the disciples could see Jesus walk on water. That they would understand Jesus is not just a man. He walks on water. He does not follow the laws of physics. The laws of physics follow Him. The whole point is so that the disciples could then invite Jesus into their boat and then be instantly brought to their destination so that they would remember promises like Psalms 107 verse 30, which speaks about God and says, they rejoiced when the waves grew quiet and He guided them to the harbour they had longed for. And they would receive yet another proof about the identity of Jesus, that He is the Messiah sent by God. The whole point is so that the disciples could see for themselves just who Jesus really is. Because we find that in our crisis, We find out who Christ is. The transitions are difficult and they are risky. But in those periods of time, we discover the grace and mercy and absolute goodness of God for our own lives. And we experience it for ourselves. He becomes our refuge. He becomes our comforter. He becomes our shelter. He becomes our help in time of need. And you don't need someone to tell you that because you have experienced that for your own life. We can then be like David who says in Psalms, Surely goodness and loving-kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Because you have experienced it for yourself. It's no longer information, it's a fact. It's experience. Jesus reveals himself in our transitions. We have one more point for tonight. We look at John chapter 6, verse 21. It says, Then they were willing to take him on board, and at once the boat was at the shore that they were heading. Now don't miss that, because Jesus got into the boat, and at once, immediately, the very next moment, they were in Capernaum. Teleportation is real, and Jesus invented it long before sci-fi ever did everybody else is just copying Jesus the final point for this evening is that Jesus carries us in our transitions the disciples they spent many hours a lot of effort rowing against the waves expelled a ton of energy in the whole process and trust me rowing takes a lot more energy than it looks because when I was in the sailboat and there was no wind was nothing more than a glorified rowboat. Dragon boaters have such muscles for a reason. It's tough. And the disciples spent their time doing that. They spent their time rowing against the waves and the result of all their effort was they made it halfway. Three or four miles up in sea. Until the moment where Jesus got into their boat and everything changed because there are natural things that we can do in a transition there are natural things that you can do the disciples rolled all night Uh, you can read books you can make a plan you can rally people you can make preparations these are the natural things that we can do preparing for a transition but then there are the supernatural things that only God does that Jesus steps into the boat and in a blink of an eye they arrived at where they needed to be. And honestly, in all my experiences through transitions, all that we do and all that we persevere through is waiting for that moment. You're waiting for the moment where God shows up and where He opens the doors you thought were closed, where He changes people's hearts towards you, where He causes provisions and resources to come out of the blue, and He takes you further than you could have ever gone yourself just like God to come to you at that moment and he says that's great now it's time for you to see what I can do instead God can do more in a moment than you can do in your lifetime you need to know that you can make the transition you can change you can become different not because you can do it but because Jesus can carry you through it Bible tells us that it's in our weakness that he is strong God does not look for your strength but he looks for your dependency and trust in him to carry you through circumstances that you face in your life now why doesn't God just teleport them in the first place God could have done that right He's God. He could have just said, okay, disciples, get into the boat and ping next moment they're in Capernaum. No need to go through the storm. No need to go through all that effort and all that spending of energy. Why doesn't God just teleport them there in the first place? It is because with God, it's not just about you getting there, but it's also about how get there. Because it's in the how that you learn the lessons and you gain the experience and you have revelations that are revealed and you are growing and being shaped and maturing and being developed into who God wants you to be. It all happens while you are getting from here to there. How you make the transition is as important to God as making the transition itself. A couple of weeks ago someone approached me with a question this person wanted to go for the summer program and so unfortunately they had signed up for a year of classes of which if they would go for the program then they would have to forfeit about three months of um, their money that they had spent because they couldn't go for the classes if they went for the program so this person came to me and asking me is it alright to come and make up an excuse so that they can get their money back from these classes that they had signed up. Answer? No. And if I could paraphrase my reply, it was, if you can find a valid way to get your money back, go ahead. But money is not a good reason to compromise character over. Going for the summer program is a great destination. But equally important to God is how get there. These are the five insights that we saw making transitions. From here to there, number one, transitions are necessary. We need to embrace change as God causes change to happen. Number two, transitions involves risk. But with the risk also comes the reward and blessings. Number three, transitions can be difficult it can be times when we lack clarity, where we are filled with noise in our ears, where we find that God is silent and things are unstable. But yet if you trust Him, He will see you through it all. And eventually, He will come to you because God reveals Himself in our transitions. And He wants to show you who He is, so that you don't just hear about Him, but you experience Him for yourself. And number five, Jesus carries us in our transitions. Thank you for listening to Antioch Center for the Nations. If you would like to support our efforts, please consider making a donation at www.antiochchurch.sg. Thank you.